If you would look in Acts 13, we've been on this for a few weeks now, I want to continue. Acts 13, 1 and uh, through the next couple of verses here. It describes in the beginning days of the church, same church we're a part of, that there were in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers. Mentions the names of five men, I believe it is, including Saul. Verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Say that out loud with me. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, said something. Does he still say something? You know, there are, there are folks, a lot of church going people. If you say today, the Spirit of God said, they'd roll their eyes. They think, you know, they... He actually thinks he's hearing from God. And like one fellow said, all these people supposedly hearing from God bothers me. The other guy said, well, it's all these people who never hear from God bothers me. <laughs> the Bible is full of people hearing from God. Isn't it? When did he quit speaking to his people? The book of Acts is our dispensation. We're part of the same church. Why, if they heard from the Spirit, why shouldn't we hear from the Spirit? No, God hasn't changed. Men get away from God, but He doesn't change. But notice the environment the Holy Spirit spoke in. What was it? As they were doing what? Ministering to Him. Now, as we said this word minister, it could be understood in the same sense as a waiter waiting on table. The waiter uh, comes to you and does what? Hmm? Huh? The waiter comes to your table and says, I need money. I've got to have money. Don't you stiff me on the tip. I need money. Huh? Is that a good waiter? No. Or the waiter says, look, you're getting what I bring you. I got no time to hear what you want. I'll just see what's in the kitchen. We'll bring you some. <laughs> but I need money. Why would I say that? That's not ministering to the person you're supposed to be waiting on. And that's not ministering to the Lord. I need help. I need this. Not saying you can't ask for something that you need, but that's not ministering to the Lord. That's you asking to be ministered to. I'm not saying you can't do that. You can do that. But that's not all we should do. There should be times, and there should be often, 
that we are not asking for anything. We're not begging. We're not pleading. We're not crying. We're coming to him. And we're saying, you're wonderful. You are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right? And what can I get you? What, what would you like, Lord? What pleases you? What will please you better? Hmm? It was in this environment, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Now, I'm sure that includes fasting food, but fasting covers a lot of ground. Daniel talks about he was on a partial fast and didn't eat anything that he liked. <laughs> well, you could fast fishing or golf. You could fast sports. Boy, that's something to say this close to the Super Bowl. Eh? <laughs> I'm not saying you should. I'm, but, <laughs> but would would that be a fast? That'd be a fast. You can fast your favorite TV shows, right? Fasting is denying yourself something you want, whether it's food or whether it's something else. And so what purpose does that serve? Well, the more you yield to your flesh, the more you give your flesh everything it wants, the louder the voice of the flesh is. And you do that, which is what most people do, and you don't feed your spirit, then the voice and influence of your spirit is very weak and very small, while your flesh dominates you. We need to turn that around. Is that right? Reduce the voice of of the flesh, weaken it, and the way you weaken it's by starving it. I'm not talking about literally starving your body to injury, but denying yourself of this or of that. And while you're not doing that, you're giving yourself completely your attention to Him. While they, in those days, you couldn't just drive through and get something or have something delivered to you. Right? I mean, if you wanted to, a meal, you had to go out to the barn, right? Or the field first. And it could take you half a day, three quarters of a day to make a meal. You didn't go in and, and, and turn on the electric range. I mean, you had to go get some wood, build fire. And so missing even one meal could have freed up five or six hours for them to do what? Minister to the Lord. So you're not doing a bunch of other things, even denying yourself some things your flesh wants to do. Instead, you're ministering to Him. And in this environment, the Spirit of God said something. His words are life-changing. Now, this should be very exciting to us because all of the Word of God belongs to us 
But the Spirit of God speaks to us individually, personal detail for God's plan, of God's plan for our life. He takes of the Lord's and shows it to us. He leads and guides us into all the truth, even showing us things to come, specific things about us. Is that what he said? Put it up again. What did he say? They could not have found this in their Bible. They had the prophets and the Psalms. They had the law. They couldn't have found this. Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto have called them. This is specific. This is personal. Who does what, where, when? Anybody interested in this? Will God give that to you? Yes, he will. Why don't more people have it? Too much flesh. Not enough waiting on God. Not enough seeking the Lord. Come on, can you see this? But no matter who you are, if you will take and make times where you're not doing what your flesh wants to do, but instead, you're ministering to Him. You're not begging Him for something. You're not pulling on Him. You're not pleading from Him. You're not telling Him all your problems, which He already knows. What are you doing? You're worshiping Him. You're praising Him. You're thanking Him. You're asking Him what He wants. What can I do for you? What can I bring you? And they did it for hours. And in that environment, the Spirit of God spoke specific, called names, right? When to go. And so the, uh, verse 3, verse 3, when they had prayed, with fasted and prayed, so they took some more time. They laid their hands on them. They sent them out. Verse 4. So they being sent forth, not by mama, not by a denomination, but by the Holy Spirit. Departed to Seleucia. From thence they sailed to Cyprus. And if you follow the narrative, amazing things happen. Miracles, healings, deliverances, signs and wonders. Thousands of people saved. Churches birthed. Why? Because they didn't just come up with this idea. They heard from the Spirit of God. And they did it. Miracles followed. Can you say amen? amen? Thanks be to God. Somebody say thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Let me read a couple of verses to you that basically say that. 1 Thessalonians 5, if you would. 1 Thessalonians 5. What we're about to describe now is something that is that's called the will of God for everybody. And it describes a, a part of the way we should live. Not something we just do on Friday or Sunday or sometime, but a way 
we should function every day. A part of our lifestyle, the way we live. In 1 Thessalonians 5.16, what should we do every day? Rejoice evermore. What else? Pray without ceasing. Now that doesn't mean you pray every breath. You know you're not going to do that. So what does he mean by that? You could say it like, it could be translated like this, never stop praying. Well, what does that mean? Um, The Lord gave me an, an understanding of this some years ago. I was with some fellow ministers at a conference. After the meeting, we went out to a restaurant to get something to eat. And uh, we were sitting there talking, and the waiter came and asked us what we wanted, and we told them, and then they began to go away, and as they were going away, then we started talking again about some things happening in the service, and the Spirit of God checked me and spoke to my heart. I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but spoke to my heart. Now is the time to pray over your food. The waiter's walking away with our order. Now's the time to pray over your food. And I just stopped and I thought, wow, really? And these people uh, were knowledgeable ministers. So I, I wouldn't have done this with just anybody. But I said, guys, just, just a minute here. I, I got something on my heart. So they, they stopped. And uh, the Lord uh, quickened to me. He said, the difference between you getting a spoiled piece of meat or the best piece of meat in the kitchen is them reaching here or here. And the difference between you having a good meal or you having to believe that no deadly thing will hurt you <laughs> is reaching here or here. He said, after they've brought it to the table, decisions have already been made. Things have already been done. He said, ask me. Now, you know, the scripture said that things are sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Ask me now. So we, I just stopped. I said, Lord, we ask you to direct them in the selection, preparation, handling of our food. We thank you for it. We call it sanctified in Jesus' name. And then one good thing about it, as soon as the food hits the table, you can eat. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> But then the Lord quickened to me, that's, that's just one way of doing this. This is praying without ceasing. That's what I'm talking about. He said, you go to the electronic store and you want to buy a TV, uh, it being Super Bowl time and all that, or, <laughs> or what, a, a can opener. And they have to go back in the back to get a box and get one. Well, while they're walking back there, under your breath, ask the Lord to direct them to the right one, to the best one for you, is the difference between getting one that lasts so long you get tired of looking at it, or one that you got problems with and have to take back three times. Or, let's say you're expecting to get a new car this year or next year. You can pray over it before it gets to the assembly line. So how will I know which one it is? You have to trust the Lord to get it to you. And 
be on, be aware that even though it looks perfect, if something bothers you about it, walk away. Trust what you get in here. But see, that's not having to kneel down and pray an hour about something, but all through the day, you're involving the Lord. You're asking Him to get involved. You're asking Him to direct. Come on, can you see this? That is praying without ceasing. You're not praying every breath, but it's a way of life for you. You don't have to pray a long, drawn-out prayer, but you do have to pray in faith. Right? Lord, I'm asking you, direct them in this. Before every flight, practically, before I fly, a lot of times the night before, I'll pray along this line. I'll say, Father, I ask you, your hand on us, you know, me and Mike or whoever's flying, keep us back from making mistakes. May it help us to be alert and aware, always ahead of the plane. Pray, pray your hand on the airplane. Cause it to work right. Keep it from malfunctioning or failing. Ask you to help us to get the right people in air traffic control. Yes. Direct them as what's best for us. Go ministering spirits. You, you've been charged concerning us. Prepare, you encamp round about us. Clear the way. Prepare the way. What do we do? The Bible said you have not because you ask not. Right? We want the Lord involved. Right? Do the same thing with a car trip. Do the same thing before you get, your, get on your tractor in the morning. Right? And the Lord can spare. And the Lord can intervene. And anytime you need to make a decision, the Bible said, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. Is that okay? Uh, keep reading. It said, verse 18, do what? In everything, give thanks. Because of what? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, in everything. It doesn't mean you thank God for the flu. Because the flu is not from him. There's no flu in heaven. Where would he get it? To give it to you. You don't thank God for financial problems. I know a lot of people do, but it's not right. God is the giver of every good gift and every perfect gift. And if it stole from you and destroyed something in your life, killed something in your life, he's very, Jesus is very clear. He said the devil did it. The thief did it. But in every situation, you can thank God for something. In a problem, you can thank him for getting you out. Right? In your kitchen, give thanks. In the garage, give thanks. In your pajamas, Give thanks in the closet. Give thanks in the workplace. Where? In everything. This should be a way of life for us. That we are just continually thanking God and praising God. Hmm? It's not an empty habit when you mean it. In Hebrews... The 13th chapter and 15th verse. Hebrews 13, 15 says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. What? What? Y'all not there yet? Hebrews 13, 
15, I'm moving fast. Let us offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. They got it on the, the screen, you know. Continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. When? Sporadically. Occasionally. Huh? What? Well, that doesn't mean that every breath you're going to be saying thanking God. You're going to say thank God any more than every breath you're praying. But it means you never stop. You don't just have prayer times. You pray all through the day. Right? About this, about that. Your prayer might not have lasted 15 seconds. But it's not how long you pray. It's how much faith you pray in. Do you believe he heard you? Do you believe it's his will? Do you believe you receive it? That's the difference. And offer up to him the sacrifice to praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. So this is not just silent mental. This, this makes noise. The fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to his name. Your children need to hear you praise God and thank God. Your spouse needs to hear you out loud. Praise God. Thank God. Your friends need to hear it. If they never hear it, something's wrong. You're not in good shape spiritually. And the Lord said, if you're ashamed of me and my words in this generation, I'll be ashamed of you. Serious stuff. Somebody say, I'm not ashamed. I am not ashamed. He hung on the cross in front of everybody. Is that right? For us. We can praise him in front of somebody. We can thank him. If they think something's wrong about it, they're the ones got the problem. Not us. They need to be praising him too. Whether they know it or not. Hallelujah. Is this all right? We're going somewhere. Matthew 15. Matthew 15. Well, I tell you what. On your, math, on your way to Matthew, stop by 1 Corinthians 15. They'll, well, they'll put this on the screen, so you don't have to. Go to Matthew 15. We'll put this on the screen. You're going to Matthew 15. But please put on the screen 1 Corinthians 15, 57. I really like this scripture. He said, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Young's literal of this says, and to God, thanks to him who is giving us the victory. This is a present tense continuum thing. Now he's not having to buy and pay for something. He's already done that. But as we trust him and obey him and thank him, he's continuously manifesting victory. Come on, can you see this? In our lives, come on, as we do what? As we are thanking him. Why? Because faith is the victory. And why would you thank God for something you haven't seen yet? You haven't felt yet. 
You have an experience. That, you talk about strong faith. When you're, when you're hurting and you're saying, thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you for being my healer. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole and making me strong. Thank you. When you, when you got a bad report, you got no reason in the natural to think you're getting better and you're thanking God and you mean it. That's faith. That's strong faith. And while you're doing that, he's able to manifest victory. He's able to manifest victory. Maybe your finances are in a mess. Maybe you're behind. Maybe you've got a half a nostril above water. That means just a little bit more, you're going under. But in the middle of that, you offer up the sacrifice of praise. You, you give it to God continually. What? The fruit of your lips, giving thanks to his name. And in everything, you're giving thanks to him because it's the will of God for you. And you're saying, Father, thank you for bringing me out financially. Thank you. Thank you for giving us good jobs. Thank you for prospering our way. Thank you for sparing us from unnecessary bills and problems and issues. Thank you for bringing a seed to sow and multiplying our seed sown and increasing us. Thank you. Thank you. While you're doing that, he gives you victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's already bought it and paid for it. But you won't experience it unless you receive it. The way you receive it is provided by grace, but you've got to receive it by faith. And one of the easiest and yet most powerful ways to do that is thanksgiving. Not empty words, but you mean it in your heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for satisfying me with a long life. Showing me your salvation. Thank you. Helping me to pay every bill. Pay off every debt. Bringing us into the best shape of our life. Thank you for bringing in extra. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Which is completely different from, I got to have something, God. You, you got to do something for me. If I don't have X amount by the end of the week, oh God, oh God, oh God. That's begging. And it's not faith. Are y'all with me, friends? And even though he'd like to do something for you, you can't just ignore what he told you to do and change everything and try to make him do things the way you want them done. He's God. You need to do what he said. The way he said. And his way is believe. Believe you receive when you pray. And once you have, what's, what's the most appropriate thing? If you believe he heard you pray, you believe you received, you've sown your seed in good ground, right? What's, what's the most appropriate thing to do now the rest of the day and night and week and month? Thank you. Somebody say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Lord. Maybe you've got a perplexing family issue, business issue. Maybe it's been going on a long time. Maybe it's caused you a lot of grief and problems. You can, you can ask him for wisdom. You can ask him for direction and help. But just begging him about it every day is not going to get you anywhere because that's showing faithlessness. Once you ask him. How many remember James? If any man, that's two people. If any man, well, James, I didn't tell you where in James, right? So if any man lack wisdom, let him do what? Ask of God. But it went on to say, let him ask how? In faith. Nothing wavering. What does that mean? You got to believe it was his will to give it to you before you asked. And you got to believe when you asked, he granted your request. Whether you see it or feel it or not. And then by faith, according to what Jesus said in Mark 11, 24, you got to believe you receive it. Then what do you do? Thank you for showing me what to do on this. Thank you for giving me the answer in this situation. Maybe there's marriage troubles. Maybe you don't, you're at an impasse. Don't know how to get past it. God does. Hmm? Well, it's unfixable. You didn't ask him. Nothing's unfixable with him. Huh? It's too late. Said who? You're, you're, you're examining with your limited understanding. You just thank, Lord, thank you for showing us what to do. Thank you, even though your mind doesn't have a clue. Thank you for causing this to work out. For our good and your glory. And, and you, even though you don't know one thing, what to do, when, or how, you can be in faith and have the doors open for God to help you. Just going around. When it crosses your mind, it tries to bother you. It tries to upset you. What do you say? Come on, help me out. You say, thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for showing us what to do on this. Thank you for giving us the answer. You keep doing that, you will come out. You will. Because he's faithful. Matthew 15. Then we're going to act on this. Matthew 15. This is uh, Jesus was with the people on the hillside. And after a length of time, uh, verse 32, Matthew 15, 32, Jesus called his disciples to him and he said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. Does he still care if you've got what you need or not? Does he still care if you run out or not? He never changes. And his disciples say to him, where should we get so much bread in the wilderness? Ain't no grocery stores out there. As to fill so great a multitude. Where are we going to get this? And Jesus said, let's pray. Oh God, oh God. We need to feed 30,000 people. Oh God, oh God. Such a giant need we have never seen. Oh God, oh God. Please don't forsake us. Oh God, oh God. Babies are hungry. Oh God, oh God, don't you care. Babies are crying and hungry. Mamas are hungry. Daddies are hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> oh God. Why am I saying this? This is how 
many, many believers respond with everything. That's the only thing they do. I need, I want, we've got to have, please. Well, how many times do you need to tell him that before he gets it? Begging is faithlessness. Are y'all with me, friends? Begging, the Lord, didn't, the Lord never told us to beg. Religion told us to beg. Hmm? The psalmist said, I've been young. Now I'm old. And I ain't never seen the righteous begging for bread. Why? Because when you're a believer, it's so wonderful. You never have to beg anybody for anything. You never have to beg a man. And you don't have to beg God either. He doesn't want you groveling and begging. You're his child. Huh? What would you think of a mother or father and their son or daughter begging them, please help me, I'm starving, please help me, please help me, please help me. And they said, you're not begging good enough. Beg, I mean, show me how you can beg. That ain't begging. <laughs> no. Do parents that love their kids want them to beg them and grovel and beg? Well, why would our Father want us to beg Him? Religion has taught people to beg. Believers are not beggars. What did they do? Jesus said, what do you have? This is not prayer. When you've got a giant need, you don't have any clue how you can meet this need. What's the first thing you do? We need some seed. How do I get from where I am to there? Where's our seed? Not what I need, what I need, what I need. What do I have? What do I have? How many loaves you got? They said, seven, a few little fish. This was a little boy's lunch. And basically he says, we got it. <laughs> Tell everybody to sit down and get ready to eat. What? What? What do you do next? He took the seven loaves and the fishes and what? And what? And what? What? What would most people be doing right now? Begging God. Oh God, we need 30,000 meals. Where in the world are we going to get them? That's not how you get a miracle. If you're going to have miracles, at some point you've got to quit begging. And you've got to look around and go, what kind of seed do we got around here? Hmm? And then you've got to give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Hallelujah. Then he acted on what the Father showed him to do for them to distribute it and miracles happened. Miraculous. Multiplication. When did a miracle, I call this a Thanksgiving miracle. I'm not talking about it happened during Thanksgiving time. It happened while they did what? Thanked 
God. They thanked God. They thanked God. They thanked God. And then they did what he told them to do and miraculous things happened. And in in the process of a few hours, everybody was full. Everybody was satisfied. And everybody scratching their head. Where did all this come from? It started with a seed. You won't even look for a seed if you're not thankful. Because all you're aware of is what I don't have. What I can't do. And what I need, I need, I need. If you're need conscious, you're not God conscious. But if you're seed conscious, you're conscious of the one who can multiply the seed and make a miracle happen. Stand on your feet if you would. Let's act on this.